Hey fellow nerds, I'm Megan Smiley and this is the Lawyer's Escape Pod. For those of you who've gotten into practice, looked around and thought, so this is my life? I get it. You're in deep and you feel stuck. You may have no idea what the next step would be, or maybe you have an idea, but think it's unrealistic. I truly believe that there's a path forward for each of us if we're intentional about finding it. And this podcast will be a great source of advice and inspiration for you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. Hey guys, happy new year. Um, I won't say something jinxy like it's going to be the best year, but you know, going in cautiously optimistic. Um, Before I introduce my guest, if you didn't hear my last episode, it was a solo episode, I wanted to invite you to my free Facebook group, Illegal Design. We're talking in there about designing the life you want, um, from topics we cover here about work, but also to play and to your home. And I will be going live in there each week. Um, You'll see the audio of those on here as mini episodes as well. But in the group, I'll be doing Q&As and having conversations, and I, I hope that it'll be a space and a resource for you to go from listening and thinking about these things to really gaining some traction in the next year. So I'd love to see you in there. I'll include a link in the show notes. Okay, to the episode. Annette Choti is my guest today. Annette went from a 20-year career at the Department of Labor to running a legal marketing company um, for small law firms. And she tells us about the journey of making that change later in her career and really reminds us that even if you're 20 years into your career, there's still like 20 years left. (laughs) So it's really never too late to make a shift. So I hope you enjoy it. Annette, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Oh, I'm so happy to have you on. I'm excited about the conversation. So I start with everyone by sort of going right back to the beginning and seeing what took you to law school in the first place. (laughs) Well, I have a bit of a unique story. So I went to undergraduate for political science and international relations, and um, I had always wanted to do theater. So um, instead of going to Broadway, I tried to be a bit smart about it. And I went to graduate school for theater and film. Mm -hmm. And then I did a lot of theater and actually professional comedy. (laughs) um, And then I decided I didn't want to eat ramen noodles the rest of my life. So Mm -hmm. um, I thought, well, I will just go to law school to have something to fall back on. Yeah, yeah. Now, two decades later, this is what I'm I'm still doing. And so um, (laughs) so that is originally what made me want to go to law school was because, you know, I've always been uh, also interested in politics and the law and international relations. My mom, I'm a first generation uh, here from Poland. So uh, I've just always been really interested in uh, governments and, and politics and, and legal issues. So, so um, did you have an idea at was law school sort of what you expected or were you like, "Mm, this isn't 
this isn't acting, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, I mean, you know, if you end up doing trial work, it is acting, yeah. right? Just in yeah, front of a smaller true. audience, yeah. right? Yeah. But um, it, it was kind of what I expected. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, law school wasn't exceptionally difficult for me, except that it wasn't, you know, where my true heart was. Yeah. I'm yeah. more of a creative person. Uh, I had thought I would maybe do trial work, actually. And I was on, you know, the whole MOOC court and appellate advocacy and all of those things. And then I just realized um, that there might be some cases that I would have to take that would be given to me that I might might not uh, gel with what my moral compass was. Mm -hmm. And I was super uncomfortable with that. So I went a bit of a different direction and ended up working uh, for 20 years uh, for the federal government. So- Mm -hmm. In what capacity? So I worked for the Department of Labor, and um, I mainly worked with ERISA, which is retirement Mm -hmm. plans and also health benefit plans. So I did a lot of the investigations involving employers who were, you know, oftentimes stealing money from their employees. So I I felt good about the fact that I was um, kind of on, on the right Right. right side of things. (laughs) And did you, I mean, 20 years is, you you were in that same field, were you in the same, I assume not literally the same job, but the same um, sort of department that whole time? No, literally the same job. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously with some promotions in there, but yes, it was basically the same job. Um, I did that because while everyone knows that the federal government does not pay as much as the private sector. It afforded me the opportunity to have somewhat of the lifestyle that I wanted with, you know, vacation time and the benefits. Uh, And so that was the trade-off that I was willing to make. Um, I'm from DC originally. So like everybody works for the federal government. (laughs) Right. 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 Yeah. So no, it's, I, you know, and I think it is, it's, um, it's just a different lifestyle option than if you end up at big, big law. But it also has its challenges that are unique, too, no doubt. Yes. I think um, some of the challenges relate to promotional opportunities, especially mm-hmm. if you're not in the D.C. area. If you're yeah. just out in a field office yeah. um, in the United States, the promotional potential is not as substantial as well as the financial compensation is just simply not as substantial. Right. right. <laughs> So, but you stuck with it. And so were you sort of, what was your thought process going? Like, I like this well enough and it's like, this supports my lifestyle or were you sort of, did you have sort of ebbs and flows of like, I got to figure something else out? Well, about 10 years in. <laughs> well, that I, 10 years is a lot. It took yeah, me like no, two minutes. I was, I was <laughs> sort of frustrated, but didn't really see an option. At the time I was divorced and uh, as a single mom. I really appreciated the benefits that were afforded to me by the federal government. So I will never, you know, necessarily badmouth them regarding that. It was a personal issue for me because I always felt very creative and I wasn't really able to do that with retirement benefits. Right, right. Yeah, it's not exactly. (laughs) Right. You know, people don't really, you know, peruse ERISA and the Internal Revenue Code for fun. 
So I got remarried and my husband is amazing and super supportive. And he knew I was frustrated, but we really didn't have any answers as probably many of your listeners also are in the same boat. You know, you want to do something else. You don't know what your options are. I had never practiced law. Um, so I was a little reticent to start out on my own, um, this time of my life. Um, you know, for a myriad of reasons. And so I really didn't know what my options were. And, um, but my husband encouraged me to continue to just sort of casually pursue and look for maybe some sort of legal opportunities that were not necessarily practicing law. Right. Right. So what were those things that you started to explore? Well, at first, I think I looked at probably what everybody looks at, right? You start Googling things, you start looking on Upwork, you start looking at freelancer, you start looking at Mm -hmm. what are people looking for that a lawyer could do that is not practicing law. Um, And then I, I truly believe this was such a huge blessing. I just happened to cross something on Facebook randomly, which I don't think was random at all. I think it was totally a blessing from God that someone was talking about legal writing for law firms with, you know, social media components, SEO, all of those things. And I thought, I I didn't even know law firms at the time even had a book. I didn't know anything about it. And I thought, oh, and literally someone was like, well, if I you can get paid to do this. And I thought, well, sure, but you know how much. So I started writing a couple of different articles for people and I loved it because it had a lot of the research components in it that I loved, which frankly was my favorite part of law school, which I know makes me a total dork, but okay. No, Um, I think, I think a lot of, not me, but a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also I was in corporate, right? Like I think the people who like the research and writing tend towards more of more of the litigation probably. Yeah. I don't Um, know why I like it so much, but I've, you know, I've always just really, really liked the, um, the, the research part of it. And so I would do all of the research and then write these articles and I was, you know, making some money. And then I started thinking, well, okay, I mean, maybe I can just have this, you know, I, I didn't set my hopes up too much. I thought, well, maybe I can just have this as a part-time job and it will uh, give me the, you know, creativity outlet that I needed. But, but kind of like everything in my life, I went, all in. And I took tons of classes and spent years learning um, marketing and SEO techniques and everything. And I started working for some really large legal marketing agencies. Yeah. Um, And then it just got to the point where I was working two jobs, two full-time jobs. And my husband was like, please stop working. Too. Yeah. 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 I mean, but you sort of, did you feel like you had to see where it went before you gave up your sort of very sturdy, reliable government job? I did. Yeah. I think, you know, people have different levels of risk aversion or, you know, the yeah. ability to take risks. Um, clearly working for the federal government for 20 years and, and never just running off to Broadway. I, 
probably less, right. you know, more risk averse, you know, than, than others. I just ha- have a tendency to um, want to keep things a bit more stable, but it was really at the point where I realized that I can make substantially more income than I was making in less time wow. that, that I finally, that I finally pulled the trigger, so to speak. Yeah. So was it, um, I mean, did it feel like you were, was there any part of you that was like, oh, I'm leaving my, my practice of law and I'm worried about that either sort of identity wise, of course, what you've gotten into is still law related and you're still doing active research and writing stuff. But was there any part of that that was sort of an identity shift? You know, what's really interesting is that I never associated my self-worth or my identity with my job because I didn't like it very much. And so, <laughs> Why? Why? So that's obvious, but I don't think it is true for a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. So I always felt that my self worth and my identity, you know, it came from my faith and from my relationship with my family and mm-hmm. you know my child. And so it wasn't difficult for me to leave for um, self identity purposes. It was right. a little unnerving because of just the logistics of f- just being you know, out on my own. But I will tell you the minute that I did it, I knew it was the right decision for me. And ironically, now I do find a great deal of uh, self-worth and pride in what I do because I actually enjoy it. Right. Because it's really coming from you rather than just somewhere you ended up. Yes. And it's up to me to determine how hard I want to work, how I you know, and every success that I have or failure that I yeah. have is mine to uh, learn from and to move forward. And it's it's a very different feeling than when you've worked for the federal government for 20 yeah. years. It's also, even if you had the um, sort of proof of concept and know that this business is, you know, will generate money, it's a very different kind of model of I'm sure there's still ebbs and flows of how how money comes in in a business like this versus the very reliable sort of biweekly paycheck of the government um is that is that challenging so again because I'm not a huge risk taker yeah. I originally worked for several different legal marketing agencies. Mm -hmm. So my risk was sort of spread out, sort of like a a mutual fund of employment, if you (laughs) will. And so uh, what I realized is I was working for these really, really large marketing firms that were catering to really, really large law firms because they Mm -hmm. could afford them, that the small and solo practitioner really has almost no chance of getting to the top of Google and uh, using the same techniques. Right. And so I marinated in that for a really long time. And I thought, you know what? I know of ways that I can help them. So Mm -hmm. I launched my own legal marketing agency uh, called LawQuill that, um, that only deals with small and solo law firms to help Mm -hmm. them directly. Um, So I think the fact that all of the transitions that I made were baby steps. Right, right. <laughs> I like, into the, I know people do that and they're super successful. Um, but I didn't. I just sort of went it into the zero 
Right. You know, the, the, the little baby pool at first and just worked my way in. So there was never any um, substantial shock. Right, right. I, and I, this, I have these conversations a lot. And, you know, the last person I talked to was a I just jumped person. And <laughs> and I just think that there's no right or wrong answer. It's you have to figure out for yourself. You know, are you someone that that will only make a change if you do it baby steps or are you someone that will never make a change if you don't make a jump like they're all possible it's you know there's no right or wrong I think in these in these transitions yeah I think you know a lot of it depends on how old are you yep. do you have children yep, exactly. um, does does your husband have a financially stable job you know I mean right, there's so right. many different Right. And then just frankly, what your particular ability to, right. you know, absorb risk is. Right. And uncertainty. You know, I yeah. think as lawyers, uncertainty is not our jam. <laughs> and um, and it can be hard to um, uh, to not know what the steps are going to be. Yeah. I think especially in the very recent uh you know, pandemic that we're facing, I think mm -hmm. it, it exacerbates that, that anxiousness and fear even more. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm curious, you said that you work with uh, sort of solo uh, firms. I, have you seen or heard of any sort of shifts of people taking this pandemic opportunity to create their own firms? Do you see that at all? I have actually seen a lot of small firms shift yeah. their um, the type and scope of practice that they yeah. offer um, specifically to bankruptcy, unfortunately, right. and also estate planning because that can be done at home, mm -hmm. uh, you know, easily that, you know, if you, even if you have a physical place of a law firm, if everyone is working virtually at home, estate planning happens right to be one of the one and business law as well, um, contracts, right. um, you know, helping form, you know, LLCs and things like that. I've found that a lot of law firms that typically have relied on personal injury and mm -hmm. criminal law have yeah. not gotten rid of those areas of practice, but begin to pivot a bit to right. include these additional areas. I don't know of any personally and yeah. anyone personally who has made the jump from big yeah. law. Yeah. I just, to, yeah. I just muse about how this pandemic will play out in um, people's career tra trajectories. You know, well, does it say, okay, like this is not the moment to go start your own law firm or maybe it's like, Hey, look, I'm basically doing this from home on my own anyway. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, um, I can see it happening, especially yeah. when people get spoiled <laughs> by yeah. staying at home and realizing that they can have a career where they also get to have lunch with their, yeah. you know, family members and right. children who may be staying home because of, uh, yeah. you know, their school not opening or, or making the decision even to homeschool at yeah. this point um, and, and having a career. I can absolutely see it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to to see what happens in the next couple of years on on that front. But so, do you, you know, how have you has your business evolved? Like, when did you start this? Your own person, the Lockwell. 
I started it about a year ago, a little less okay. than a year ago. So, All right. Yeah. And so, and it's been a good experience for you, I take it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there aren't even words. It's been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I get to choose who I want to work with and the attorneys yeah. that I work with are incredible. And um, I, I really, I, I've been very blessed. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I'm also curious because, you know, you said you went back and did a deep dive into learning about SEO and, mm-hmm. you know, things that, of course, you would have no reason to know out of law school or in practice, really. Um, and what was your experience diving into a very different realm of things and basically teaching yourself all of that? I asked partially because I think people just kind of forget that they can learn whole new things, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I will tell you, to be perfectly honest, what I learned in the last three years regarding digital marketing and SEO was 1000 times harder for me than law school. It really was. Um, it was not an area that I was, uh, that I had any experience in at all Mm -hmm. years ago. Um, but that kind of made it exciting because I was really actually interested in it. So I think if I wasn't interested in it, then you know, probably we wouldn't be having this conversation because right, right, I right. spent the time and energy on my own to learn all of it. Uh, but I learned everything from Pinterest marketing and Pinterest ads to Facebook ads, Facebook marketing, LinkedIn, Mark. I learned all, and then SEO for Google, which is different than SEO for Pinterest. There's so much. <laughs> it's so much. Yeah. And the thing is, is that just when you think you know it, they just go and change everything. So mm-hmm. it was very, I will be honest with you. It was difficult for me. Uh, yeah. Much more difficult than law school. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, because you can fudge a little in law school, right? Like the answer is kind of, it depends, right? Right. But with right. SEO, it's not. It depends. It's right. it is what it is. So uh, yeah. there, are, there are very uh, important rules you need to follow. Um, yeah. If you want to have your digital footprint, you know, be seen by a lot of people. Yeah. So. Well, I also think it's interesting because you know, presumably, like before you got into this field at all, you probably weren't thinking, oh, I'm going to be like a digital marketing expert. (laughs) But, you know, it's the it's a real, I think, lesson in just take a step towards what interests you and then just keep following that path. And maybe it takes you to somewhere you just could never have conceived of in a vacuum about it. No, I mean, I knew I loved to write. So that that was the starting point. And then I realized, well, I want to write better, not just, I want my sentences to be grammatically correct, but I want those sentences to be what not only a potential customer would find useful, but also Mm -hmm. that a little Google bot would understand Mm -hmm. to rank this page higher. And just because I wanted to do a good job, I dipped my toe in the water and then, you know, I was was pulled under. So by all of it. So, but yeah. Yeah. But you just never know. And that's sort of no. the point is like things just lead to other things. And if you're open to it and sort of accept that, you know, you can rise to a challenge that comes along and learn new things, then you end up with a business that you're loving running. Right. And I think that as, 
maybe a lawyer is considering moving to either private practice okay. or doing something else involving the law, you have to see what interests you. I know there's some lawyers who now just write contracts for people. Maybe you don't like writing contracts, so that won't be for right. you. Or someone's like, well, I'm going to start my own you know, small law firm. And other people are like, well, that's not for me. But you kind of mm-hmm. don't know, really, unless you just at least, you know, like I said, dip your toe in the water and see. Yeah, absolutely. So when you look back and think about sort of your career trajectory, is there, would you have done anything differently? Or was it just that the facts and circumstances were such that, um, you know, it happened, that development happened for you when it was supposed to happen? I will go ahead and trust God's timing on this. But I will say that it happened for me when I think it was supposed to happen. But man, I wish it would have happened sooner. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I I wish, you know, I think a lot of people, when they find what they love or they find, you know, wherever they are happy, they wish that that would have started sooner, right? Like, I think you just, as a human being, you just, you know, nobody wants to go through the muck of things. So, but I also think that all of that, um, to be quite honest, makes me appreciate what I have now a lot more. I bet. I bet. And I do think it's, um, you know, I think about it sometimes in terms of like, you know, 20 years is a significant portion of your career, (laughs) but there's also such a significant portion of your career to come. So I think sometimes people think, oh, I'm, I'm too deep. There's not time. It's not, uh, I've passed the point of like making a big shift like that. But then you think of all of your working years ahead of you and go, well, why would you just throw away another 20 years down the drain? <laughs> it's possible to, to get, you know, a different experience out of the second half of your career. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I am in, you know, my late forties. So, and I've done this. So really you can, you can make the leap at any time. I believe that. I believe that too. And I think it's just really helpful to see examples of people doing it because, um, I think people get stuck in the stories that they tell themselves that it's not possible and that isn't true. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that now, uh, resources like, you know, your podcast and other things that are available online, make it more accessible and more, more acceptable, I think, for attorneys to think, hey, I can maybe do something else. Let me, let me look and see what my options even are. I think that's so true. It's funny because I, this podcast, I started it just a year ago and I didn't see anything like it. And then I came across, um, now my friend, Sarah Cottrell, who has, runs the former lawyer podcast and she and I started our podcast within a week of each other last year and it was just laughing being like I guess the world really needed some stories of lawyers leaving the practice but you know those are just examples there's so many other things like coaches who specifically specialize in you know helping people leave the law there's a whole industry around this issue that has arisen that maybe wasn't always available to people. And so, um, you know, I think it is a good time to be thinking about changing in that respect. Oh, I think so too. And I just think even without, you know, Corona world out there, I think that the fact that everything is moving towards, 
you know, a more virtual or digital environment, mm-hmm. uh, you, you just can't escape it now. So that is unfortunate in some circumstances, but opens up a whole world of opportunity in, in other respects. So absolutely. I, I, I keep saying that, that, you know, it's horrible. I would never have had this happen to the world, but you know, uh, it is perhaps an opportunity to rethink your priorities and your plans and Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Obviously, right. No one wants for there to be a global pandemic. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, if that's what you're faced with, then it may provide, you know, a a moment to take a breath and see how you want the rest of your life to go. Yeah. So if you were looking back and, and sort of giving yourself advice or someone who's sort of similarly situated, advice about how to proceed? Is there anything that you would say, I I would have looked into this or I would have done that a little differently? I think I would have, to be honest with you, I actually think I would have looked at podcasts more. I wasn't really um, very, I I really didn't listen to a lot of podcasts a few years ago. Now I do. Now totally obsessed with podcasts, but um, I think I would have done that because I would have seen uh, other people who had, you know, maybe done different things with their legal career, I would have probably encouraged myself to start earlier, um, and not be perhaps as afraid to just look for opportunities. doesn't hurt anything to look. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think I would have probably encouraged myself to simply reach out to, people that are in the legal industry that are maybe not lawyers, maybe paralegals, legal assistants, Mm -hmm. things like that to see where they see lawyers, you know, having successful careers that are maybe not as, you know, in a big law firm or or as a law firm. So, because I really kind of, really, to be honest, I thought my only option was go to a law firm or start my own law firm. And that is so not true. There are so many other options for lawyers out there. And I didn't even know what they were. I didn't even, I didn't know what I didn't know. So I would have, I would just. Yeah. even Even beyond sort of jobs that lawyers do. I mean, I think a lot of us got into law because we had a fairly narrow view of what our career options were potentially. Um, but like, you know, I go through life. I just was down at the local brewery here and I'm just like, I didn't know that was a job. <laughs> and now some guy I went to law school has opened a brewery in Austin. I'm just like, yeah, that's totally not law related, but right? you, know, you just realize, just expand your vision of what's up an option to you. Yeah. And I think having a legal background does help you if you want to start a business, you know, if you want to open a bike shop or start a brewery or whatever, uh, you know, the experience that you had in law school and what you know can translate into almost an infinite amount of, of opportunities. Yeah. Career wise. Mm -hmm. That makes that triggers one last question uh, about your your company is what has your experience been running a business? Not so much the substance of what you do, but now you're running your own business. And how has that 
very different, I imagine, from working for the government. <laughs> yes. It, and a whole different set of skills, right? Yes. It's literally, it could not yeah. possibly be more different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you have to learn all the things. You have right. to learn, you know, I created my own website. So it's the yeah. third website I've created. So I had to learn all of the WordPress things and how to install the plugins and how right. to do, set up my convert kit email and how mm-hmm. to you know put banners on things and you know all right, of, right. segment my email list all the things right. it's just never ending i love it yeah I absolutely love it it is completely my jam i feel like at the end of the day even if i even if i work a little bit longer it feels very satisfying because I'm doing it for me. So all the things that I learn, it just makes me feel much more accomplished. um, Personally speaking, it is a huge difference though, because clearly when you work for the federal government, sort of, you know, you're, you're given cases and you're assigned cases and then you do your cases and then you turn them in and you're done. Um, This is very different. Um, It is, but it's fun for me because I enjoy a challenge. So, I think a lot of people who may feel hesitant about mm-hmm. something like that, just know that you don't have to do it all yourself. You can outsource yeah. things rather quickly uh, if you are yeah. uncomfortable and frankly don't have the time or inclination to learn Facebook marketing or whatever right. you want to do. Um, you don't have to learn it all. You don't. Right. Yeah. I, You know, I have somebody doing somebody doing my accounting and payroll and, and all right. of that because I don't you know I don't know I don't want to make a mistake I, I, didn't, I didn't get out of law to be an accountant <laughs> there would be no math so, so you know yeah. you don't really want to be messing with that so you know I know where my strengths are I think that's important yeah. for anybody right but then I also Absolutely. know where my weaknesses are which is yeah. also important and so I think the logistics of it are it's really night yeah. and day um, yeah and for your own company, you have the control to say, these are the things I'm good at that I want to do. And so I'm going to take those and I'm going to outsource the other stuff that I don't like to do so much or right. it's not my strength um, versus everything just sort of being delivered to you as, you know. I'm right. It can, it's very overwhelming. I think, <laughs> yeah. you know, anytime anyone makes a shift yeah. in their career, even if it's completely planned out and you know, step by step, it's still overwhelming at times because, you know, you start realizing everything you didn't know and it can, like I said, it can start feeling overwhelming. But I think in those moments, you just take a step back and say, do I need to be doing this? Can I, is it possible for me emotionally and financially to let this go, let someone else work on it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds fun and it sounds varied and it sounds like you really love what you're doing. I do. I really do. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I do because I know that I am helping the small law firms, may, you know, maybe like some of the people that are considering starting their own law firm, they don't, they know they need a website, but then they, they also know it's going to cost whatever, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a month if they go to a large marketing agency, but they also know they need a blog, but they don't know how to write it and they don't have time, you know, and it's all the things. So I just like being able to help small and, and solo, you know, business owners. 
Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So in wrapping up, do you have any like resources, books, podcasts, people that you, you know, direct people to? I do. Um, so there's, there's a person I know, I admire her a ton and her name is uh, Kaylee Giacome. And she actually has, she did exactly what you tell, you know, you talk about on your podcast. She, you know, worked for a law firm and then she started her, she just went on her own and started her own. And because she wanted that sort of work-life balance and she actually, um, she has a podcast too. It's called On Her Way Up. And she actually has a website called lawstyle.co. And that, um, it helps uh, attorneys that want to start their, she specifically, I think, works with attorneys who want to start their own practice. Mm-hmm. So um, I think if, you know, maybe you have listeners that are not interested in legal writing or not interested in some sort of alternative legal career, but just are interested in starting their own law firm, that's yeah. that would be a great resource for them, I think. Oh, great. Well, thank you for sharing that. So where can also people find you? Well, I'm at, uh, my business is Lockwell. So it's lockwell.com, L-A-W-Q-U-I-L-L, lockwell.com. And then um, my name is Annette Chody, and you can find me on LinkedIn. My last name is spelled C-H-O-T-I. And if anybody ever has any questions or uh, wants to connect, I'm always open to that. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I think really, honestly, what you provide is such an, it's, it's a much needed voice and a valuable resource and asset for a lot of lawyers, specifically at this very interesting uh, historical time in in our country. So for sure. (laughs) For sure. Well, great. And it was, it was really a pleasure. Thank you. You too. Thank you for having me on.